This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to The Weekly. Welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly by Retail Insider. I'm Lee Ribbett, and I'm joined with the Editor-in-Chief, Craig Patterson, to discuss this week's most read articles on retail-insider.com. We're currently recording on October the 23rd, 2019, and we just wanted to quickly mention one of our advertisers, Oberfeld Snowcap, as they're supporting this week's episode, and we'll have a brief message from them later on in the podcast. Thank you for joining me, Craig. Hello, everyone. Excellent. Well, the first article that we wanted to talk about tonight is Costco, which is a behemoth. I'm not surprised, but I'm startled at just how popular this article was for the Retail Insider audience. So, but like when you take a look at it, if you stroll through any Canadian's pantry or look at their probably dining room table, you'll probably stumble across a Kirkland branded something or other that's kicking around. But also Canadians can likely attest to the Costco effect, which is walking in expecting to spend $20 and walking out with $200 instead. But no, Craig, um, I just wanted to ask, like, what is your perspective on the Costco model, which is more membership-based, um, versus other retailers like, let's say, Walmart, which is the number one largest retailer in Canada, which is more focused on rock-bottom prices? Yeah, I mean, part of it's loyalty, and part of it is, you know, like you said, the, uh, the Costco effect. You walk in to buy something, you end up buying a whole bunch of stuff. And it's funny, because I don't actually have a Costco membership but I've gone in with my brother and his mm. wife and I've ended up spending a fortune. I mean, I've actually, you know, smartly brought a few hundred dollars worth of cash so I can pay them back or whatever. But, oh, um, uh, you know, it, it's incredible. I mean, it was Costco stores kind of, and you can speak to this better than I can, they almost suck you in and you end up, you know, spending a fortune on a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, mm. uh, I mean, that's a problem. I'm sure a lot, I mean, it's not a problem. That's what a lot of retailers would love to have happen, right? I mean, there's a reason that these Costco stores, a lot of them do over $300 million a year in sales. And, uh, Holy cow, believe me, that's that's a lot of money even per square foot. Well, what do you think is the secret sauce that Costco is capitalizing on? Is it more to do with the membership model that they're kind of running with? Or do you think it's maybe the demographic of people who are buying and shopping? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's low prices, first of all. I mean, you're getting value. You're getting, you know, something in bulk if you're buying a whole bunch of it. Uh, um, the overall vibe in a Costco store is actually, you know, quite positive, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and what's interesting though is that, you know, the staff there are paid way over minimum wage. So, you know, they're actually happy, uh, you know, as opposed to perhaps some other retailers where the staff may, you know, be miserable and it'll come across in the customer service. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, I was told by, you know, Suzanne Sears, a recruiter, that it's, it's hard to hire people away from Costco because they actually like their jobs and they don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, going back to the consumer side, you walk in and, uh, you know, there's all kinds of stuff there. And, and having that membership model is interesting. You know, what, what does it cost for a membership at Costco? Oh, a membership is $60 annually for just the basic membership that gets you in the door. But I had the $120 annual membership that was the executive membership that gives you 2% um, annually back on uh, stuff that you spend at Costco, up to 1000 bucks, I think. But um, So you usually would get that in the form of a check back, which then you could use only to redeem at the cashier at Costco. So again, another marketing ploy to keep you there. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, that's like, you know, a bit over $5 for the regular membership per month. So it's not a whole lot of money, but, you know, it kind of drives that loyalty. Once you start paying for something, you're more likely to go to it. And, uh, you know, I know my brother to save like three cents on gas or whatever would go up to the Costco gas bar. And, uh, you know, it's all about, you know, I guess, incremental savings. And, And ultimately, if you're buying a lot of stuff and saving money, it's going to work. So... Um, you know, I mean, 
Costco's been incredibly successful. At the same time, you know, perhaps uh, you know other retailers are, are are suffering as a result. I mean, how many retailers can we think yeah. of that you know have this membership model? I mean, there's Amazon Prime. It's a bit different because anyone can shop at Amazon. But you know, if you want to get that free shipping and a few other things, or I guess be part of Prime Day, that's the one thing you have to be an Amazon Prime member to get some of those deals. Yeah. But that's I think for one day or is it two days now? It'll be Prime Week, I'm sure, by next year. And this is this is just the way things are going, right? But you know, Lululemon, I think, yeah, uh, introduced yeah. something like this as well. But honestly, I'm not sure how successful that is. I haven't really heard much about it. Yeah. Well, when I was going through and doing research on Costco for the podcast, I was looking into like south of the border. They, they're similarly positioned to be the second largest retailer there, right behind Walmart down there as well. So. Moving ahead to the Canadian marketplace for this podcast, I was wondering what's your thought on the Canadian like com- competition, like Sobeys, Overweighty, Metro, and Walmart Canada. Like, should they be as concerned or more concerned now with Costco being so successful here in Canada? Oh no, I think they should all be concerned because uh, you know, in the case of uh, Walmart, I mean, it's very much a general retailer, so they've got everything from you know hard goods to groceries, and uh, you know, you point out uh what was it sobeys and uh and metro and metro yeah. yeah yeah which is more of an eastern canadian one uh um i mean costco's really been expanding into groceries more and more so definitely uh the, they're a competitor I, I would say at this point i mean they may not be as convenient as uh, say you live in an urban core and may walk to your local sobeys uh, grocery store or metro i mean there's lots in you know downtown toronto or vancouver or, or not metro in vancouver but montreal you know has uh Metro stores yeah, and IGA and stuff like that. And yeah. And save on food. So it's the overweighty food group, right? Yeah. I mean, some of these are downtown stores, but uh, you know, for those that are having more of a suburban lifestyle or, or driving a car, cause there's a Costco in downtown Vancouver, which I have always found very interesting. I think it's mm-hmm. one of the only ones, if not the only one that's actually literally in a downtown core. Um, Definitely a competitor. I mean, when you see a store doing over $300 million a year in sales, we're talking one store. Uh, that's incredible. I mean, uh, mo- there's um, there are almost no stores in Canada that that do that type of number. Um, in fact, I think the only stores I can think of, you know, would be like I don't know, Holt Renfrew in Vancouver does more than that. But you know, Costco is <laughs> really a powerhouse in terms of. Uh, you know, annual sales in its stores. Yeah, and I was looking for something comparable in the Canadian marketplace. Yes, you got the loyalty programs like Air Miles, which everyone knows about. But when you come across, like, is there anything else like Costco where you have to pay a fee um, to, in order to even just get in the door? And I was kind of coming up with a blank. So for me, yeah, okay, the value proposition, when you go in, you get the wholesale prices that a lot of people like, but you also get like the gas, the optical, the travel, all that kind of stuff that goes with it, which is a hard proposition to replicate like you take a look at uh, let's say uh, Loblaws it was the only one I can think of that we actually reported on where it's like $99 for the year for click and collect and stuff but that seems to have vanished from my yeah, radar. Yeah I think and Loblaw did do something I mean with Shoppers Drug Mart and you're saying it was like click and collect I don't know why you have to pay $99 a year for that but because uh, now you know there's home delivery I think there's a fee for that but uh, yeah. you know even I think retailers thought click and collect would be the end all be all and the consumers like no we want it at our home so um yeah. but it's interesting because I'm, I'm a pc what's it called pc optima member and i haven't and you know i get emails about stuff but they haven't really been pushing a 99 dollars a year thing i think i got like one email so i'm not sure if the marketing messaging is there um you know if they want people to actually do this they're really going yeah. to have to push this and you know maybe again i just haven't been noticing for some reason but you know i've i haven't really felt you had to remind me about it that's that's how you know which i didn't remember yeah. but with costco like i'll never forget there's a you know a membership yeah, fee no, totally. same thing with amazon prime i mean i'm amazon prime member and you know 
Uh, I'm talking on a microphone and using a headset that we bought on Amazon. It came from Amazon. You betcha. <laughs> and they came really fast too. Like literally I ordered one on a weekend and it actually came on the weekend. I just, I couldn't believe it. The, the seven days a week for yeah. some of the warehouses when Amazon itself actually stocks this stuff. Yeah. Well, when I saw this article coming down the publishing path, I was very excited because, well, I have a membership and I know exactly how the Costco whole operation goes. So it was very interesting to see it being reported and also seeing how the reception from our readers have been on it. So very congratulations to Costco. This is an awesome article. Yeah. You know what's funny, actually, in August, uh, Costco opened its first store in China mm. and it was an absolute fiasco. Oh, really? Um, it shut down traffic. I think they had to close <laughs> the store down early. Uh, it just got too crowded. It was too busy. Um, the police had to issue oh, statements. No. Like, oh. it was really, really interesting. What? So, you know, Costco is, like I said, it's pretty popular in Canada. In fact, another thing I thought was really neat is there are actually far more Costco stores yeah. per capita in Canada than in the United States. What Mario Tonegru wrote the article, where there's 100 in Canada and about 550 something in the U.S. So, Wow. Um, wow, that is, I mean, if you look at our population versus the United States, I mean, that's like, you know, a 1.8, you know, multiplier in terms of there are far more Costco's per capita here in Canada. And I think there are more coming even too. <laughs> well, and talking about the whole experience of Costco again, you were mentioning that they have happy customers with happy employees and stuff. Well, there's also a darker side of, of Costco too, because yes, you do have a membership, but there is also a definite road rage situation with carts going on in there if you get there after, let's say, 10 o'clock on a Saturday. So for myself, I would always be getting there with the crack of like opening up the doors just so that you can get in there, do your thing and get out. Otherwise, like if you show up there at like 10 or 11 or even 12 on a weekend, you're going to be standing in lineups and stuff like that to be able to get to the cashiers and stuff. So Yes, they do have an online presence and stuff, which you can buy and then they'll ship it to you and that's fine. But Amazon Prime is a good example where you could actually sit in your pajamas and actually just order and then have it delivered either the same day, next day, if you're in Toronto or, you know, have a surprise like a day or so later if you're in the Vancouver market. So, but yeah, even with the benefit of having a membership card, you do have some downsides of the brick and mortar. Yeah. And Lee, do you go to the downtown Vancouver Costco? Yeah. Is that the one you mean? Yeah, that's the one I I do. Um, so when I was living downtown, I would literally on my Saturday get up and drive to the Costco just for when it opened so I could pick up all of my groceries and stuff there. That would be like cheese, um, fresh produce, meat, all that kind of stuff. And then when I was done there, I would drive home and across the street from where I lived, it was uh, Urban Fair. So I would just kind of pick up all the odds and ends that you wouldn't necessarily wow. want to get in bulk or you know, just kind of pick up all the stuff that uh, wasn't at Costco. So definitely, yeah, loyal. And uh, I definitely would go there all the time. Interesting. Actually, I heard something really neat about Costco in downtown Vancouver. Like I said, it's kind of weird that there's a Costco in downtown Vancouver. And they said that it's extremely successful because especially, say, on a rainy day, people from the suburbs will drive down to that Costco store because it has indoor underground parking. Or maybe it's not mm -hmm. underground. It sort of is, depending it on is. how you it's look at it. It's underground. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's this weird way it's set up, right? Because it's like there's condo, condo buildings above it. But, um, you know, I think, it's, what is it, $2 for parking? It is, yes. Yeah, so people will say, well, I'm going to bite that $2. I'm going to spend that $2 and not get my hair wet or be in the rain. So you can take your uh, items from Costco, take them to your car, and uh, never have to, you know, deal with the elements. Mm-hmm. Get wet. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Totally. And it's right on the SkyTrain route. So a lot of people I can see come down to the core 
park there for $2 for the weekend rate, get onto the SkyTrain, go use the rest of the downtown Vancouver, you know, check out parks, go other shopping, all that kind of stuff, make a day out of it, and then come back and then do your Costco shopping so that you don't have to leave refrigerables in the car and then be on your way. But it's the same like event parking that would be for mm. Rogers Arena, right? So like, you know, it's the same people like if you're going to go for a share concert or something. But again, if you're going to go to Costco at the same time that an event is on, then you're going to have to pay more money. But hopefully that's not the same time as share. Oh, that makes sense. Holy cow. Yeah. So like going on Saturday morning at 9 a.m., the likelihood of a share concert being let out or happening at the same time is very low. So I was pretty much safe and never had to deal with that and worry about it at all. Probably not unless it really went late. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> And a quick word from our sponsor, Oberfeld Snowcap, for this week's podcast. They are founded 40 years ago and is a full-service real estate and retail advisory firm that focuses on retail tenant representation, strategic planning, property, and project leasing, as well as real estate investment sales. Thank you, Oberfeld Snowcap, for this week's support, and we'll look forward to working with you more. But anyway, so that was our Costco uh, article. Very popular. Congratulations. But the other popular article that I wanted to bring up was that Italy is had announced its opening date to kick off its Canadian retail expansion, which again, for me, highly anticipated is an understatement. When I was there, there was all kinds of construction boarding. It's a very large footprint. It's coming all the way from Italy. So I'm super excited because the first one I think was in Turin that opened up in 2007 and then just blossomed from there. But are you as excited for this grocerant as I am? Yeah, I am. I um, uh-huh. I live Although, very, a very... Bit more excited about that. I was like, yeah, I'm super excited. <laughs> no, I, I am actually. I live really, really close to Italy. So uh, yeah. like I could probably... If I, if I was out, walked out my front door, I could do it in about a minute. So... Um, at least to the Manual Life Center. So yeah, no, I mean, I, I'll probably be there quite a bit, provided there aren't like really long lineups. That That's my only real concern. Oh. But uh, I think this is incredibly highly anticipated. I mean, I, th- yeah. I think, I like, I'm not bragging, but I think we were the first uh, publication to actually report on Italy coming to Canada. Yeah. And I mean, the whole, ba- there's a real history around that. So people that aren't familiar with this, Italy's kind of like, we call it a grocerant. So it's kind of a hybrid grocery store restaurant, but 50,000 square feet. Uh, they figure about half the sales will be groceries. So say people in my neighborhood, which is Bloor Yorkville, and I'm sure from beyond will come and buy some groceries, say, but uh, people also go for an experience. So, you know, you can go in and you can, uh, you know, eat at a restaurant. They'll have cooking demonstrations. They'll have, you know, other experiences uh, you know testing things out uh, uh, and it all be kind of Italian themed so um, it, it was funny because I posted something on my personal Facebook I don't post much on there but uh, Mario Tonaguzzi again one of our uh, journalists was saying Craig you're a lucky man to be living where you are because he was just in Las Vegas for his brother's uh, 70th birthday and oh, yes. um, their hotel had an Italy connected to it and mm. I guess he was in heaven he's you know of Italian heritage so <laughs> well we, uh, well and I saw photos of the Las Vegas one it looks stunning too but you're mentioning back in 2014 that we had an article that kind of gave a lot of context and stuff for our listeners could you tell us a little bit about like what happened then as fast forwarding all the way through and the relevance of that through to 2019 yeah you know what i'm going to give some background story i won't go into you know too long but so we had a source that was indirectly involved with the real estate search and i won't give their identity because i don't want to get them in trouble even though they're no longer working in this uh, particular industry 
But I mean, this person really helped get Retail Insider started, and I am really, really grateful. We actually just spoke on the phone an hour ago, but again, I don't want to give this person's identity away. And um, so I was starting to get fit information, and they were saying that you know, Italy is looking coming to Canada. That they had partnered partnered with Selfridges Group, which is owned you know by the Weston family, which owns Shoppers Drug Mart, Lamblaw, and Holt Renfrew, and oh. you know half the world pretty much at this point. And oh, you know, very powerful retailers, okay. but yeah. they partnered up. So um, they were on the hunt for a space. They wanted a heritage building in Toronto. They were looking at around King Street West. Uh, they were looking, you know, different areas. And they had this opportunity to go into the Manulife Center. And eventually, obviously, they went with the Manulife Center, um, uh, you know, Is idea. Is that a heritage building? No. Uh, oh. Well, you know what's funny? It might be, but it's not like, not, it doesn't look like a heritage building. I mean, the, um, yeah. well, and sorry to, you know, digress to that because you're like, oh, the, in 2014 <laughs> and that time frame, they were looking for a heritage building i'm like that doesn't look like a heritage building but yeah continue yeah, yeah yeah so you know eventually they did find a location and um we didn't for a while we did not mention the selfridges group partnership because uh at the time you know being, being a former lawyer i was a little bit afraid of getting sued if we were wrong because you know i always want things to be confirmed so we did talk about Italy coming into canada quite early on and and we didn't give a lot of details and then finally when a deal was struck to open Italy in the selfridges department store in london which was supposed to happen but it didn't um, you know, I wrote up a quick article and I said, you know, there's been a partnership with, uh, you know, the Selfridges group for this. And I said, this partnership could, uh, given the Canadian connection, could lead to Italy coming to Canada. And I was really trying to give that message saying, um, yeah, we like just pay attention because this is actually what's happening. But I didn't want to, again, create an absolute confirmation. And ultimately, it was determined that Selfridges would not see an Italy open inside of it. I think they actually created... Uh, an accessory hall instead. Uh, the world's large, like a 60,000 okay. square foot accessory hall. Selfridges is crazy. Wow. You, you got It's the best, one of the best department stores in the world. We don't have anything like this in North America, I don't think. Uh, but anyway, so um, we wrote about that. And then finally, I think it was, I was at ICSC in, I think it was 2016 in Toronto and they uh, finally formally announced that Italy was coming to Toronto. And I remember I was on the subway uh, rapidly writing <laughs> this article so we could get it out. Um, you know, in Retail Insider because it was finally confirmed. So I am really, really excited. I mean, it's going to be great, but, you know, it's also going to create a lot of competition in the neighborhood. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like, it's like, yay, there's a new Italy opening, but I really love McEwen. Like, when I was there in January, I was eating all my meals there. You know, it's a great store. So, like, that's right on Bloor, right? Yeah, it's one Bloor Street East, yes, uh, which is definitely connected. Yeah. yeah, well, and that's just, like, within a block or two radius of this new Italy location. So I was kind yeah. of worried about, like, what that's going to look like for them because from size like I don't know if it's on the same caliber like it's the same kind of service quality and all that kind of good stuff but what do you think well I mean, not in size I mean McEwen you know it's an upscale grocery store with you know kind of a grocerat-esque you know shtick to it yeah, yeah you can you can sit down and eat I've done that actually I haven't been in there in quite a while but um, I don't know why well McEwen must be worried from yeah, I would think so. Well, and at the end of the day, it's the same kind of idea, but like Italy just seems like to be an event. So it should be interesting to see what competition will do. But what about things like Luongo's and Whole Foods? Yeah, I mean, in in the Bloor Yorkville neighborhood, it's got the highest density of grocery stores, I would say, of any place in Canada. So you have got a Longo store at Park Road and Bloor Street East. Uh, it's, it's not that big, but, you know, I, I go there sometimes. There is a Whole Foods at Yorkville Village. It's about 50,000 square feet, so about the same size as what Italy will be, except Italy will be over three floors, but, you know, about 35,000 square feet will be on the third floor, I guess it would be. Um, you've got a Pusateri's grocery store, which is at the corner of Yorkville Avenue and Bay Street. So, again, these are... You know, that's another kind of a, I don't want to say it's Italian, but it's an upscale food experience. Uh, 
uh, that is, what is it? It's about 5,500 square feet of retail space and the entire store, it's approaching 10,000. I think I, I asked Frank Lucetta that because I was, I was curious and, uh, and then you've got, you know, all kind. I mean, I don't know if it's competition, but Raba, you know, the 24-hour grocery yeah, store. Course, and I, yeah. I really appreciate, I mean, it's not a luxury experience, but I do appreciate that on a Christmas day, if I'm in Toronto, I can... And go get something. Yeah. Well, and I also wanted to mention with the Italy, they have such a, like a marketing machine going on behind it that for me, I'm sucked right into it. And it just seems like it's going to be such a, an event, especially with like, you take a look at Mario's experience in Las Vegas. So like, is that, like, do you think that, is going to measure up to the the reality um good question actually um i got an email a while i think it was last month i was away but um McHugh was holding some sort of event it almost sounded like an opening event and i thought well no you opened many a long time ago but um i think there was a bit of a marketing push i think that all the grocers in the area are really going to have to uh Step it up. Yeah, step it up. And actually, interesting, I forgot to mention the... Um, so there is another grocery store in the Manual Life Center. It's in the basement. And it's it's a Loblaw. It's an independent Loblaw store. And, I mean, it's your typical Loblaw. But they actually just finished renovating it. Actually, maybe it's not quite done, but I'm talking like within days it'll be finished. And um, they rebranded it as an independent city market. So, um, like, it's, I, to me, it's great because, I mean, I'm not going to buy every all my groceries at an Italy yeah, store yeah. Uh, it's probably not I mean it's not gonna be horribly expensive but I don't know I mean, I mean there's President's Choice stuff I still want to buy yeah. and you know no name and you know all those other brands you get a blah blah I mean it's it's kind of almost like a rite of passage in Canada yeah 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 but you know I don't know if Italy's gonna be a slam dunk I mean I've heard anecdotally that you know it's not as popular I guess in Chicago as it was at one time and they opened a, you know the 67,000 square foot one at Century City in Los Angeles and and I heard it was struggling a little bit so uh, you know, it really remains to be seen. Uh, I mean, Toronto, I think, is different. We have a massive Italian population. I think, I think there are more Italians in the greater Toronto area than uh, any mm. other place. Like, I think, I, this, I think it's the second largest population, literally outside of Italy. So, yeah. Um, not that just Italians would go there, but you know, just given the readership that we see in our articles and given the excitement, uh, um, I think Toronto will be extremely successful for Italy, but. I don't think that's going to be always the case in every other city. And, you know, yeah. Italy already yeah. says they're looking at opening a second Toronto location. And, you know, I got ideas where it might go, but, uh, um, you know, they just have to be careful not to cannibalize. So maybe not yeah. downtown. I mean, they're opening at North Park Center in Dallas next year, which is a high-end shopping center. And it's Dallas's equivalent to Yorkdale. So, you know, I'm saying, well, will Italy open at Yorkdale? I'm not mm. confirming anything, but, you know, when they were uh, providing plans to the city to rezone and upzone and, you know, add density to... Uh, uh, Yorkdale, um, they had a food hall on the uh, floor plan, but that means that means nothing. I mean, that was just a, a zoning oh, application. Lord. But yeah. you know, I, if I was Italy, I'd probably consider going in there. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. You've got you know a Kit Kat store. You've got cool restaurants. You've got La Durée. I mean, um, yeah, that that might be a really great choice for them. So yeah. who knows? Go after them, Oxford properties. Yeah. You can do it. <laughs> and I know that you're a fan of the food hall concept as much as I am because I loved it ever since I experienced Sunterra in Calgary. So. I'm excited to hear what you think of it when it does finally open. And I'm also excited to see what the ecosystem around it does to react to its now new presence. So, but uh, we just wanted to also highlight one third article that was very popular with our Retail Insider readers. Um, continuing on with the Italian bend, Furla is entering the Canadian market with a multi-store expansion, which is great. So like in congratulations, high CN brands, that's bringing it to Canada. 
But uh, I was just looking through their website as I was trying to get more familiar with it because I, I don't really know a lot about Furla. And I saw there's a lot of women's clothing in it, but I didn't necessarily see any tab at the top at the Canadian website of like the men's section or something. But uh, Craig, did they even have any kind of men's section there too? Because I know that you went to their opening. I think they do though. Because um, I, I went to the uh, Furla opening event last week. Um, it was held at the Great Hall on Queen Street. It wasn't actually in the store. And uh, Jeff Berkowitz, he's the broker for Aurora, Aurora Realty Consultants can't wrap my mouth around that right now and um he had a furla bag it actually was really really nice looking so hmm. um like he i would suggest that he bring it i guess to the event so uh, I, I think it was a guy's bag i mean i would never have questions so it probably is where was furla in the mall though because it looks like it was around the holt um like where all the traffic is coming in from like the tcc station yeah yeah so basically say if you come off the subway station uh and then you're yeah. walking towards holt renfrew you kind of look on the right and that's where furla is it's right by an espresso store it's across from cost i guess it is but i think it's really really smart that these luxury brands are locating near holt renfrew because holt renfrew was kind of this clustering of super brands uh, that wealthy people yes. may be attracted to so you know there's gucci uh fendi chanel um christian dior is opening a, a world of christian dior on friday i believe it is so you know this week is, is when that's oh, happening oh. i don't know if they're going to send us any photos because of some stuff but do you have any other ideas of where in Toronto the next location that they're targeting at all? Yeah, it's funny because in the article I speculated. I'm trying to do a bit of more of an analysis now in Retail Insider just to, I don't, well, I, I have fun doing it. I guess that's the main reason. But um, like, do, I do think another Toronto location would open. I think it would be, you know, very much in the inner city or downtown core. So um, my guess would be, you know, either the Bloor Yorkville area, you know, the Mink Mile, Bloor Street, Yorkville Avenue, or the uh, CF Toronto Eaton Center. And the reason I would say CF Toronto Eaton Center is, you know, it's the busiest shopping center in Canada by far, uh, you know, or at least it gets the most people through it. Uh, you know, 52 point something million a year. I just, I finished the Retail Council Canada Shopping Center study. It's going to be coming out in November. So it, all those numbers will be in there. Um, but, you know, again, there, there's, you know, Saks Fifth Avenue is there, Hudson's Bay's, you know, the, the global flagship store is there, Nordstrom has a big store there, and Links of London is currently there, the company's actually in trouble, I hope they survive, but, um, you know, there's uh, there are upscale stores, I, I could see Furl actually opening store at the uh, CF Toronto Eaton Centre, if, if the right space comes available, because a lot of retailers want to come in, and uh, there's only so much space for them. Yeah, well, outside of Toronto, though, do you think there's any cities that they would be trying to target for the next kind of wave of things once they kind of saturate the Toronto market? Absolutely, Vancouver. I mean, Vancouver is still a market that, you know, yeah. is very brand conscious. Uh, um, you know, it's overwhelmingly, I'd say, an Asian shopper. But, uh, you know, the, the whole city, you know, is... Uh, they seem to really be interested in retail. I mean, not I shouldn't say the whole city and not everyone by any means, but, you know, if you look at the stores that are in... Uh, in Vancouver, there's some very, very, very high-end stores. So you know, it, it's a, it's a it's a profitable market. I mean, I'd say if they could find space in downtown Vancouver, that's probably where they would go. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if Oak Ridge Center uh, was where mm. Furla would land uh, because. Uh, Oak Ridge Center is creating a really high-end wing, um, uh, which will include luxury brands. Tiffany, uh, Tiffany and Company, the jeweler, just opened in the new oh. wing, and oh, yeah. perhaps the Brentwood Town Center, or they now are calling it the Amazing Brentwood. I mean, if they can get uh, some luxury brands in there, cross fingers. Uh, I know there's been a couple little setbacks, but. Uh, uh, that could work. Um, Calgary. Oh, Montreal. Oh, Montreal. Sorry, I about Montreal. I was kind of going west to east now. Um, yeah, Montreal's interesting. I mean, for downtown, you know, a lot of luxury is kind of focused uh, right around Holt Renfrew Ogilvy as it's... Uh, 
uh, going to be finished next spring. And uh, so I could see maybe like a furlough store on, on the uh, Royal Mount, but that won't be done until I think 2022 or 2023. But, uh, uh, you know, Possibly in Montreal, um, maybe CF Care for Laval. I don't know. We'll see. There's some interesting stuff happening there right now. Daniel Wellington is opening his first Canadian store in December, so we'll have it in Retail Insider eventually. For those listening, you just got a tip way ahead of time. <laughs> I still haven't had a good chance to have a phone call with them yet. Um, then Calgary. I mean, CF Chinook Center kind of makes sense. Louis Vuitton moved in there. They've got Saks Fifth Avenue and Nordstrom as anchors. I mean, a lot of brands, uh, you know, aren't necessarily going into downtown Calgary. We're talking recently with a group from Avison and Young, and they were saying there wasn't a whole lot of leasing activity in the core. And by the core, I mean the core shopping center in downtown Calgary. But, you know, CF Chinook Center, it's got a lot of foot traffic and it's got these upscale stores and you know, there's Macage, there's Matinat, uh, Aesop has a store in there. It's, uh, you know, Tiffany, Burberry, Canada Goose. I mean, this is, you know, one of Canada's top shopping centers in terms of its overall brand mix. So, uh, you know, if Furla opened in there, I, I wouldn't yeah. add an eyelash. I'd probably yeah. just say, good job. <laughs> you should go there. Yeah. Well, and I think that's really covering most of the things we wanted to talk about with Furla. So I think that's a wrap for the podcast, Craig. So thank you for going through the popular content that our readers really enjoyed over the last week. Uh, we wanted to remind everybody that we do have an email newsletter that goes out every morning and it contains links to all of our retail insider content that just uh, came out over the last little bit. Uh, the most popular is, of course, the Canadian news from around the web, which is a curation of all the previous uh, 24 hours worth of Canadian news of retail nature. Uh, but it also has a link to all the different news articles that we published ourselves that ex is exclusive to Retail Insider. So if you go to retail-insider.com, you can find uh, the subscribe area so that you can start getting that email in your inbox every morning. But thanks again for listening to this podcast. Please do subscribe and be notified when new episodes of this podcast are published. But also please do rate us five stars because it does boost our discoverability in conjunction with subscribing people. So thanks again, everyone, for listening. And Craig, thanks for joining me to chat about the articles too. Thank you so much, everyone. Take care.